Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. Back from my travels in the frozen north once again. Um, We made a little bit of a tactical error when we were planning our trips for this holiday season. We traveled to visit my family and my in-laws in North Carolina. Now, the tactical blunder we made is our trip went from here in Pennsylvania to Roanoke, Virginia, and visited my family, and then we went and spent a couple of days in North Carolina with the in-laws before coming back to Pennsylvania. The reason that was a mistake is it's been rather nice, relatively speaking, in Pennsylvania this fall, but it was in the 40s when we left. Actually, the day we left, it was 35 degrees, and it sleeted off and on all day long. We got to Virginia, and the weather was 10 times nicer than what it was in Pennsylvania. It was Around 60 degrees, the sun was out, and it felt great. But then we went to North Carolina, and on New Year's Eve in North Carolina, it was sunny and 78 degrees, which is a warm summer day in Pennsylvania. And then we came back to Pennsylvania from that just unbelievably beautiful weather, and it has not gotten out of the 20s since we've gotten back. And for those of you keeping track at home, that is a 50-degree swing in one single day. And what we should have done is we should have went to North Carolina first and then to Virginia so we could kind of ease back into it, sort of the reverse of getting into a hot tub. Uh, But we did not do that, and we're paying a price because 20 degrees never feels good. But when you were walking around in 78 degrees yesterday, it is just brutal. But the holidays are over now. We are back in the frozen tundra that we call home. And it's time to get back to the grind. And the first thing I would like to talk about is the antics from Antonio Brown in Sunday's football game. Now, I'm sure everybody has seen the footage of it. I know people that do not watch the NFL that are talking about Antonio Bryant's exit from the game on Sunday. Antonio Bryant is no stranger to drama and controversy in his career. And for whatever reason, there are a lot of divas that you'll see in the NFL. And for some reason or another, wide receivers are a little more prone to this behavior than other positions. I don't know why that is, but that particular position seems to draw that particular personality type. And through Antonio Bryant's career, I always just kind of thought he was just another diva like uh, Terrell Owens or Des Bryant, guys like that. But I'm starting to think there's a little more going on Now, apparently there had been a fight brewing through the whole game. Antonio Bryant is saying that he is still battling an ankle injury. And now he did miss practice a couple of days, but he was cleared to play. And he did play some in the first half, from what I understand. I did not watch the game. And everybody's saying that up to that point in the game, he looked fine. He was running well. He was making good cuts. But apparently Antonio Brown believed that his ankle was not healthy enough for him to play and the coaches were telling him he needed to get into the game. And it just finally got to the point where if you're not going into the game, get off to the sidelines. And that's when he stripped down to be bare chested and ran to the end zone and did a little FU dance in the end zone before leaving the stadium. And I'm really starting to believe this is more than just narcissistic behavior. Like I say, I kind of understand it to a point. You know, there are 8 billion people on the planet. In any given year, there are maybe five, ten people that are as good at what you are doing as you are. And you got to think, there are a ton of really, really good 
receivers on college teams that aren't good enough to make it to the NFL. So to be head and shoulders above all the other receivers in the NFL, that means you are just a truly amazingly gifted athlete. And if you go back to college, you know, they were far and away the best player on their college teams. And if you want to go back to high school, they, you know, they weren't just the best player on the team. They weren't just the best player on the county. There's a good chance they were the best football player in their entire state while they were playing. If you've got that kind of skill to make it to the NFL, when you're in high school, you are just an unstoppable force on your football team. And getting those kind of accolades and being the rock star of your high school all through your teenage years, that's going to affect your emotional growth. It's kind of like a, you know, really attractive women have that hot chick attitude where they just don't really seem to care about anybody or what they do. I don't think those are terrible people either. The problem is... In middle school and into high school, mostly what you're supposed to be learning, other than your actual schoolwork, is you're supposed to be learning how to behave in certain social situations. If you're an attractive woman, but you're not ever going to be homecoming queen, you know, the sixes, sevens, eights, those girls, if they're really copping an attitude on somebody, somebody will tell them, you know, hey, sweetie, you're ruining everybody's good time. Why don't you and that bad attitude hit the bricks? That doesn't happen to the nines and the tens. The nines and the tens can say whatever they want in any situation to anybody they want. And every man that they meet for the next 20 or 30 years is going to completely overlook that terrible behavior just because they're pretty. And it's not that they're bad people. They don't understand how they're supposed to behave around other people. They've never had to learn that skill. And it, that's sort of the way I think of these NFL players. But I really don't think that's what's going on with Antonio Brown at this point. I think there's something wrong. We love to see these people fall, you know, as much as we love to see somebody make it. And I don't think that there's any argument that Antonio Brown, if he had his head screwed on straight, was pretty much a lock to have a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he was just dominant when he was playing well. And he's become a punchline at this point, and he really put the nail in that coffin on Sunday. But I hope there are people around him that will get him some help. From what I have heard, there are some rumors that some people close to him have been trying to get him to go speak to somebody and maybe get a little bit of mental health help going. But I hope somebody intervenes before this goes any further because it seems like he is rushing toward the cliff pretty quickly. And a lot of times these guys don't have anybody around them to stop them. I'm sure he is very well off financially at this point. And barring him doing something incredibly stupid, he could be, you know, live comfort comfortably for the rest of his life. But what you see a lot of times is these guys kind of go off the rails and they start blowing through their money. And then you, know, you hear about them, they're 35 years old, they're broke. They don't really have any skills other than football, and they're too old to play in the league anymore, and it's just kind of sad that you can make that much money in your 20s and be living on government assistance in your 30s. Uh, if you need an example of that, just look at Hollywood Henderson that used to play for the Dallas Cowboys. He was an NFL player. Now, granted, in the 70s, they didn't make the kind of money they make now, but they still got paid pretty well. And Hollywood Henderson won the lottery at some point. I don't know how much he won. I don't think it was tens of millions of dollars. But he won a pretty good chunk of change in the lottery. He still wound up filing bankruptcy and is living a very pedestrian blue-collar life at this point, even though he has a Super Bowl ring and he won the lottery. 
So sometimes when these things start going downhill, they really go downhill. And I hope that Antonio Brown gets a little bit of help before he reaches that stage. Okay, now I I want to revisit my last episode real quickly. For those of you that listened to it, I was talking about the return of people to in-store shopping and how busy everything was this holiday season and how much I enjoyed seeing that because if you remember, and I'm not talking during the lockdown, obviously last year a lot of people didn't want to get out and go shopping, but even in 2019, 2018, when you went to the malls at the holiday season, it was a little bit depressing. Now, the people in the mall would tick up during the Christmas shopping season, but it was nothing like it used to be. And a big reason for that is just the convenience of online shopping. People are spending more and more of their time shopping online because it's convenient. You don't have to fight the crowd. You don't have to spend money on gasoline, worry about your car getting dinged or broken into in the parking lot. You just order this stuff from your couch. It shows up a day later and boom, you're done. But I was talking about how many people were back at the malls. Now, it was still nothing like it has been 10 years ago, but there was a noticeable uptick in the people that you saw out shopping. And I have seen that everywhere I've went. But I was sitting and talking with a family member while we were traveling, and I kind of stumbled across an angle to this that I really hadn't considered when I did the show. I wish I had because it's a really good point. The number of in-person shoppers had been trending down for several years, and cyber sales had trended up for several years. Now, I was trying to find some comparisons of the in-store spending uh, year by year, and I was actually getting some kind of conflicting reports just from this Black Friday. Um, Some reports were saying that they fell short, and I was seeing others that they'd sent a record on in-store, but just in-person shopping numbers were kind of hard to come by. I found a lot of stuff that showed the gradual increase of online sales figures, but I couldn't find anything showing in-person. Now, maybe they don't break it down like that, or maybe I'm just not good enough to find what I was looking for, but I was looking to see how much that money had went down and down and down over the years. I couldn't find that, so I don't have any hard data to give you. But basically what I was looking for was to show that as the years went on, fewer and fewer people were venturing out to do their shopping. Before COVID and before the lockdown, we were actually on a trend to quarantine ourselves. You see it all the time in sci-fi movies and sci-fi books where people hardly ever leave their house because they don't have to. And it's supposed to be part of the future that, you know, just human contact has become a thing of the past. And that always seems so strange to me. How would people not want to just get out of their house every once in a while? But we were actually heading in that direction. The irony is now that the government keeps telling us you have to stay home. Don't leave your house. You do anything you can from the house. Only go out if it's an absolute emergency. Now that they're telling us to do that, we don't want to. It actually reversed a trend that we were quarantining ourselves by enacting a quarantine. It's sort of a facet of animal nature that if you push in one direction, they'll push back the other, and people are the exact same way. A good thing in this situation, because the government's trying to push us in a dangerous direction, I'm not talking the effects of the disease, that's not what I'm trying to argue here. I'm saying that humans are social animals, and it is not good for our society or our individual psychological well-being to be isolated for long periods of time. I mean, there's no end of the studies done in prisons where you put somebody in solitary confinement, I mean, even for short times like a week, and they have, some people have serious mental harm just from being isolated for a week or more. It's 
it's not good. We're not set up to deal with that type of situation. We evolved as a social animal, and everybody staying in their house is not good long-term for our society. In fact, I have seen a couple of statistics that suggest that in 2021, the number of COVID deaths is less than the number of suicides and drug overdoses in this country in that same amount of time. So we're sort of living through proof that sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. And it gives me a lot of hope for our future that people are starting to get fed up and push back against that. I would say that it's about time. It seems like that should have happened a year and a half ago. But as long as we get there, it doesn't matter how we get there, as long as we get there. All right, I got one last thing before we get out of here. And I've got to mention that Betty White passed away on New Year's Eve. Uh, She was 17 days shy of her 100th birthday. And any time a celebrity dies, you have a lot of people that are affected by that death. And then you'll see a lot of Facebook posts and in memoriams in the news. The way Betty White's death has affected people is really surprising. Um, She really had become a very beloved figure in the last several years. A lot of people reacted with shock. I I mean, she was 100 years old. Do people really expect that she was immortal? I mean, obviously, she was going to pass away at some point. She was 22 years past the average life expectancy in America right now. So she did pretty dang good. And I'm not trying to make light of her passing. It just I'm a little more matter of fact about death than most people are. You know, it's not a joyous occasion at any point, but that is the inevitable conclusion of all of our journeys. I mean, we all have one of those boxes waiting for us at some point. And if you've lived a long and good life, I just don't see it as a tragedy. It is simply the conclusion of your life, and it happens to every single person. Now, if a 15-year-old dies of leukemia, obviously I look at that very differently. But Betty White had been working since 1949. She started in radio in 1949 at a point where there were not a lot of women in the entertainment industry. You hear about people breaking the glass ceiling. She was the first woman to produce a television show. In fact, she was always called the first lady of television, and it's specifically because she was sort of a driving force between the television industry starting up because she was working in television when it was just getting off the ground, and she worked steadily for 70 years. And not only did she work steadily for 70 years, she became more and more of a popular cultural figure as she got older. A lot of actors and actresses, as they get older, they'll either fade from the public spotlight completely, or you'll see them pop up in movies or TV shows every once in a while just doing a brief, small role. A lot of them just just kind of fade away, and, and you'll, hear, you'll hear a lot of times that somebody passed away, and you'll think to yourself, he was still alive? And I hadn't heard anything out of him in 10 or 15 years. But Betty White just continued to become more and more of a popular figure as she got older. I know for me, I watched the Golden Girls because back then there wasn't a lot on. I was young. I did enjoy it. Um, I watch it now and I'm just not a huge fan. I don't think it aged all that well. I remember her and Mama's family even, even before that. But for me, when she was in Lake Placid, just seeing her go against type and play a crotchety, foul mouth old battle axe, which she just nailed, nailed the part perfectly. She just really did a great job. It was really a turning point, in my opinion, for her career. She started showing up in these very quirky roles in movies and TV shows, but she worked steadily for 70 years. 
Again, she made it 22 years past the average life expectancy, and I don't know what condition she was in over the last couple of months, but she lived a very healthy, uh, she was independent up to the end, as far as I know. Uh, She really just, she beat all the odds in that, and her career just continued to ascend right up to the day of her death. And I'm sorry, I just don't see that as a tragedy. We should all be that lucky. All right, guys, that's about all I've got for you today. I hope everybody is recouping from the holidays, getting back to work. Uh, If you enjoyed today's show, please leave me a like and a comment. And as always, you can comment at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com or on the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page. And if you'd really like to do me a solid and subscribe to the show, that would certainly be appreciated. All right, guys, I appreciate you sitting with me. I hope everybody's having a good week, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you very much.